just a couple of weeks ago, the this whole idea from the governor got totally rejected by all kinds of people. Now it's back. Well, the governor and state representative from the 40th district, Democrat from Bo, Deborah Lakanoff, um, this idea of huge, unwieldy buffers, um, one-size-fits-all buffers along streams, 400-foot swaths along streams. They'll tell you, well, 200 feet, but it's both sides of the stream. So practically 400-foot chunks of land at save family farming on social media we've shared photos of just how many football fields would be eaten up as this idea would go along streams we've talked a lot about this and now the idea is back just after it got rejected how does this work and what's what are the real motives here welcome back to the farming show dylan honkoop here on kgmi on your saturday morning and i think a lot of people don't realize that's what's going on here uh, th- th- there's a, a new bill, a different idea. Uh, it's talking about, quote unquote, net ecological gain. And wow, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it sounds nice. But this is actually another backdoor political attempt to force the same massive farm killing buffers that were, again, because this isn't the first time, this isn't the first year that we've dealt with. This has been going on for years and years and years now. This idea was again rejected just weeks ago by lawmakers, experts, farmers, even many environmentalists saying they didn't like this idea that the governor was trying to force on folks um, uh, sponsored by, supported by uh, Representative Lakanoff. And here it is back again. Joining me is one of the people who spoke out to a uh, a state Senate committee uh, recently on this issue in a hearing. She is the president of the Adams County Farm Bureau, as well as a family beef uh, cattle and and hay ranch, rancher, I should say, uh, Bridget Kuhn. Welcome to the program. Also uh, a guest on season one of the Real Food, Real People podcast. You can check that out if you want to hear her story. Um, Bridget, you were outspoken about this new effort, which I think a lot of people don't realize what it is. This is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It sounds nice, but it's really just recycling and trying a different tack, a different approach to accomplish the same thing that everyone said, no, we don't want just a couple of weeks ago. It definitely feels like an end round to um, the same effect, which is to um, control um, how how land is used, how agricultural land is used. Um, if not, maybe a little bit sketchier because um, it's one of those, we have to pass it to find out what's in it mm. bills because it allows the Fish and Wildlife Department to make rules through that rulemaking process. Um, and we, we feel like we know what is likely to come out of that as they were really supportive of those massive buffers in House Bill 1838. Now, honestly, when this first popped up, I thought, okay, so what, what's the deal? And I had heard there was some concern among folks in the farming community. The Farm Bureau was worried about it. I talked with folks at the State Dairy Federation. They're concerned about it. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, so what's the issue here? And I started to, you know, read about it and learn about it. Okay. Um, and then once I heard, 
um, Representative Lakanoff say what she said in uh, a hearing the other day, the same one where you testified, Bridget, then it all became so much more clear to me what what the the game really is here. Explain what this bill, House bill, well, it's in the Senate now because it's made it through the House. This whole thing started last year, didn't um, survive the political process. It's been revived and brought back this session, this uh, House Bill 1117. What would it really do? How do you describe what this is? It's it, it gets so complicated. I think it obscures what's really going on here. Yeah. So in gross substitute, House Bill 1117 <laughs> um, is uh, it really is a mechanism to give the um, Department of Fish and Wildlife the authority and directive to set um, net ecological gain standards um, through the agency rulemaking process. Um, what are those net ecological gain uh, standards? We don't know yet because the bill just authorizes them to set them. And so they don't even know what they are yet. They don't. <laughs> but I, I have a. F- I kind of have a feeling that they do mm-hmm. um, based on, again, this sort of lack of, you know, farmers and ranchers are, have been locked out of the you know legislative process uh, in regard to these bills that would have deep impacts on, on land use and what, what uh, can be achieved on, on ag land. Um, we don't have maybe like the best um, feelings for success on collaboration with the agency as they move through the rulemaking process. Um, and so given, again, the, the appetite for this like one size fits all approach of these wide buffers along really any, um, any waterway, uh, that's kind of what we can assume. And then from the ag side, um, you know, there's also this piece that's about um, development in cities and counties, um, which is a separate matter. But for ag lands, uh, they say that it's not a private property issue. It's not something that's going to dictate um, what goes on in a private project. However, um, if there is public funding involved at all, uh, that could be something that triggers this net ecological stand, uh, gain standard to be applied. And so we look at it as producers that um, when we do want to, uh, to go forth and make improvements in the name of conservation on our ranch, um, if we were to do a partnership with our conservation district and there's joint funding involved, if that triggers the um, application of a net ecological gain standard that's set here, uh, it sounds like you're just then trying to weave these, again, one-size-fits-all large buffers, for example, um, into a project that may have nothing to do with that. Um, so, yes, we're all about protecting salmon habitat where possible and restoration projects. However, it, it's going to absolutely ice participation from people like us if we're trying to, to get a specific project done and there's going to be additional time, costs, and a land use costs involved in it. And that's what I guess I... Yeah. I feel realistically I'm looking down the barrel of when I see a bill like this. Well, and, and people may say, well, you know, hey, farmers, you're just overreacting. This mostly isn't about you. Um, is this really about trying to force buffers? You know, uh, again, we've talked a lot about that idea. We, a lot of people are outspoken on that, about how problematic that whole concept is. Is that really what's going on here? Um, and that was my question initially, too. 
Um, but as you point out, number one, the farming community is not opposed to the idea of buffers. What they're opposed to is buffers that don't consult them, that involve $10,000 a day fines like uh, the previous attempt would have included, the one that died just a couple of weeks ago, late January in Olympia. Um plans and and buffer you know rules that are one size fits all they don't make sense for a given area and end up forcing farms out of business which invites development at least over here on the west side development of those same watersheds that they say they're trying to protect well we know and this goes for a lot of issues when you make it so hard to farm there that people can't farm anymore the farm goes away that land is doesn't just go back to the wild it's sitting it's a sitting duck for you know pavement and homes or businesses or whatever and ultimately the kind of you know stir, urban stormwater pollution that's you know loaded with tire dust and other toxics that is the real harm to salmon well that's what these kinds of things bring um so that's where the farming community stands on that that's why they're so opposed to this uh one size fits all buffer concept but they're okay with doing actual buffers Yet again, why, why is it that we think that this is in here? Well, it all be, became much more clear in this uh, Senate committee. Um, what, what was the committee again? It was the uh, Lo- uh, Housing and Local Government Committee, Bridget? Correct. Correct. And you testified, had some great comments. Lots of other, you know, Dan Wood uh, from the Dairy Federation, who we've had here on the show many times, he was outspoken in his uh, testimony on that. Also, uh, the sponsor of one of the sponsors, supporters of this, uh, Representative Lakanoff spoke as well. And, and she said a lot of different things and she talked for a long time. But I'll just play one snippet here that made this all clear of what they're really trying to accomplish. And I'll explain, you know, this uses a little bit of uh, jargon in this comment, but I'll explain what this is. Take a listen to. Uh, Representative Lakanoff in Senate testimony just a few days ago. This bill in the rulemaking provides a vehicle for requiring site potential tree height for repairing repairing areas. Okay, so that is site potential tree height again jargon. What what's that all about? That's the exact same concept that fell flat on its face with House Bill eighteen thirty eight. The big dumb buffer bill, as I call it, the latest big dumb buffer bill uh, that failed just a few weeks ago. So here she's back at it, trying to do this again. And this is something that you pointed out and you've already mentioned a little bit, Bridget, with basically no consultation of the most affected stakeholders, which is the farming community. Yeah, it just feels like it's uh, maybe not that like blunt object approach like the other bill um, did for like, you know, all all property in, in Washington state, but that sort of like cut by cut piece by piece, you know, related to projects, um, that would have public funding. Um, and in my, in my testimony, I tried to convey how like self-defeating it feels, um, to just lock us out of the process earlier on, because to your point, as we see farms not be able to be productive enough to make a living off of, um, you know, again, be locked out of use in, in this sort of like big, you know, broad brush approach. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, you're just going to end up with a different kind of pollution and a real problem. Um, when I grew up, I grew up on the West side, um, 
in an area that was agriculture when my parents were, were young and then, you know, has urbanized. And, you know, the salmon conversation and drainage and runoff and water quality was always such a big topic. But as I looked at our farms that were still operating and I looked at the pictures and the albums of my parents and it's like when this place was covered in farms, there was plenty of salmon. Mm -hmm. So while we appreciate that as urbanization continues, there has to be some kind of management around how we do everything. It's it feels just like it's low hanging fruit to pin so much of the activity and the, you know, takings, this is a property takings, um, by definition on farms and ranches and operators today, I just think is, it's short-sighted. It's, it's, uh, self-defeating and, uh, it's just really not an approach that we appreciate. In fact, um, reading the governor's comments in the Capitol press this week, where he essentially implied that anyone who would be against House Bill 1838 is just because they don't want salmon restoration, and he doesn't know why anyone would want that. I think we've covered now <laughs> several reasons, several several reasons yeah. why someone may be opposed to that bill and that this approach um, to the to the issue, um, and it has nothing to do with being against salmon restoration efforts. And and what a slap in the face too. Thank you for bringing that up, Governor Inslee, in the Capitol Press uh, last week in a, an exclusive interview that they got with him. Unusual. He tried to claim that he's you know really good friends with the farming community, and it's easier for him to connect with the Washington farming community because of you know he grew up or spent time around Sela, and you know he had his irrigation box there that he controlled for his hay ground i don't know what that was all about or what what the actual story was there but i mean that's laughable on its face because we already have seen how bad his relationship is how bad his political record is in dealing with the farming community you know bringing you know apple maggot infested fruit uh into quarantine zones against his own state laws uh, you know it, it, pushing overtime rules that don't uh, actually even help the farm workers that they claim to help. They hurt farm workers and farm, you know, the list could go on and on and on. And I don't have time to list everything, but obviously the relationship has not been good. So it's, it's crazy for him to say first that he has a good relationship with farmers. And then it's even more crazy for him in the same interview to then later give farmers a slap in the face. Like he did with this quote that you're mentioning where, you know, he was asked about farmers criticism of this failed buffer bill that we've been talking about that died just a couple of weeks ago. They asked him about that point blank. And he said, quote, I just have to believe people don't want to see salmon go extinct. If you don't care, then yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't like it, end quote. So he's saying there that farmers don't care about salmon. These are the same people that, you know, have been doing so much to give land to habitat projects, conservation work, actually building the buffers that they're trying to stuff down people's throats. We're saying, hey, yes, we have a lot of opportunities where we could work with you on that. How about you don't stuff it down our throats and instead work with us on it and we'll make it and we'll make stuff happen. These these are the primary stakeholders that can make, you know, they own a big chunk of the land that you're concerned about and where you want to do this work, yet you're slapping them in the face saying they don't care about salmon. It's 
it's bizarro, and it certainly doesn't line up with his argument that, well, he uh, he has so much respect for and, and goodwill amongst the farming community. Again, we're talking with Bridget Kuhn, uh, Adams County Farm Bureau president and a beef cattle and hay rancher uh, over there in Adams County. Bridget, what, what's your response to the governor uh, saying something like that? Oh, wait, like, I think the kids these days call this uh, gaslighting. Uh, <laughs> like, like farmers yeah. and ranchers feel pretty gaslit over uh, the overall kind of context of everything that you'd, you're covering. Um, and then to hear from an interview with agricultural press, so essentially trying to speak directly uh, in a roundabout way directly to us. Um, yikes. I, you know, I don't know why. We would have, you know, a poor relationship. This should be an easy relationship for me because I have all this sort of like rural cred or street cred, street cred, rural rural style. Um, It's like, oh, doesn't that make that even worse that, you know, we just don't have this functional working relationship. But by the way, we know that, you know, we, we all had to react to this, to the, to House Bill 1838 as it dropped in the beginning of session, um, because we didn't know it was coming. Yes, yeah. It's not, it's not for the, the bad, the bad relationship is not for not, farmers not trying, you know, it's because the governor has shut farmers out time and again. Yeah. Like dozens of acres per mile. I, there's been some different, um, calculations that have been done that I've read. Um, so yeah, when you're talk- talking about taking not so there's a couple things happening, but one is taking ground out of production and then also putting the responsibility of uh, restoration, planting, things like that on to the property or onto these farmers. Um, that's a lot. That seems like something that you'd want <laughs> to reach out about and see if there was any common ground or any, you know, any place where, because also back to your point, so many of the opportunities for like, you know, for conservation and for uh, habitat are on farms and ranches. We are part of the solution. We are not the problem. Maybe don't treat us like that. And yeah. we can come to the party. We can it's, come to it's, the table. Politically, it's baffling. If, the, if he's really, truly trying to accomplish anything here. Why are, you know, and this would go for any legislative process on any issue. Why would the primary, the stakeholder that's most affected, primarily affected, be shut out from any work on developing this until the last second and then be slapped in the face for not caring when they obviously do? I mean, it's just counterintuitive to try and to get stuff done like do, do we need to send him a copy of how to win friends and influence people or, or something you know yeah. i mean i just appreciate the extra couple minutes talking about it because you know we're throttled down to 90 seconds um in our testimony while you know the sponsor the bill you know spent some time going through it and really giving the impassioned um speech about it and um, yeah, it just felt like all I, I could just figure out what I could say as a producer in 90 seconds when a bill is weld on its path, right? Um, doesn't that's not really input, is it? I mean, not a pretty watered yeah. down, yeah. pun not intended. Um, well, and, and way, you, to, way to get our feedback. You work with and, and are connected to in, in various ways a variety of organizations that are now beginning to speak out about this, including Farm Bureau. They're locally for you, also State Farm Bureau, uh, the Cattlemen, the Dairy Federation, Cattle Feeders, um, and I'm sure the list goes on from there. 
Um, but this is not a healthy relationship with the governor. These are not healthy proposals coming forward. They are not what they seem to be on their face. There's more to the story. Um, I don't know what Representative Lakanoff's uh, political MO is here, but obviously it can't be good if she's trying to bring back an idea that just weeks ago was shut down and, and had a lot of people upset. And she's trying to do it under a different name, uh, buried a little bit further into a more complicated bill. I, I just don't think it's right. Bridget Kuhn with us, uh, beef cattle and hay rancher out in Adams County, as well as the Farm Bureau president out there in Adams County. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, and thanks for the work that you're doing on this issue, speaking out, testifying, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know we're going to have more opportunities for people to speak into this in coming days so certainly you know here's my plug uh to stay tuned to save family farming uh on facebook twitter uh instagram and as well as safefamilyfarming.org uh, for updates on how to speak into this issue uh, bridget thanks for your time this morning thanks dylan